the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Senator, welcome back to the program. You have a new book out, Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. Oh, this one's going to get some warm response from the low testosterone crowd at the New York Times. Senator, tell us about your new book. Well, thanks for having me on, Charlie. The, the premise of the book is, is really simple. America needs stronger men, period. We need men who are going to step up and provide for the families. Heck, we need men who are going to start families to begin with. Men are not a threat. Strong men are not a threat to our democracy, as the left says all the time. Strong men are the key to our democracy, to preserving it, to renewing it, to reviving it. And so what the book is about is what does it look like to be a strong man and holding up role models, looking especially at the Bible, the faith of our fathers. Now, what does it look like to be a good man, to be a husband, to be a father, to be a warrior, to be a builder, somebody who contributes something, and to be a, a priest, as I say, somebody in touch with eternity and a king, someone who's going to bring order and goodness and freedom mm. to where he goes. So the book is all about encouraging men. It's about building men up. It's about putting out role models. And about, it's about calling them to something higher. So the opposition will say this is toxic masculinity. And Senator, there's a war on men in our country, a, a deliberate one, where, and we're seeing it with the suicide rates, with disenfranchising, young men that are just disconnecting from society altogether. I'm sure you're going to be doing as much media as you're allowed on this. But, Senator, how will you respond to, you know, a critic that says, oh, no, no, toxic masculinity is the issue in America? You know, the problem with the left is, Charlie, they say that all masculinity is toxic. And I talk about this in the book. I mean, if you look at what they actually say, the so-called leftist experts, they say stuff like healthy masculinity is like healthy cancer. And we've got to take that head on. The problem mm -hmm. isn't that masculinity is toxic. The problem is we have lost touch with what masculinity is, thanks largely to the left. Thanks to them saying things like, if you're a boy and you want to be a boy, there's something wrong with you. If you want to go out there and provide and protect, that there's something wrong with you. Saying that traditional manhood contributes to these systemic evils of America. Yes. All of that's false. All of that is false. We need to tell the truth to men, which is that they are needed. We need to tell them we need you to be strong. We need you to step up. We need you to get married. We need you to have kids. We need you to get a job. We need you to provide. And guess what? Doing those things is how you will leave a legacy, how you will change the world, how you'll that's change correct. this country. And, 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 and that's and, what the book's about. And we need every functioning society needs a balance of both the feminine and the masculine traits. And we've gone way too far in the feminine direction. You can actually dig and you can go too far in the masculine direction we all acknowledge that right you can get too totalitarian not compassionate enough but we're, we're so far in the feminine direction we never ask the question what does toxic femininity look like where a society has zero influence on the masculine and so if you go read this 1970s booklet where the stuff they used to teach in sociology class where they said here are masculine traits and feminine traits let me just read a couple things on the feminine traits gets overly offended too easily dependent on others 
passive, impressionable, subjective, emotional, and likely to be impressionable by others. That sounds like almost where society has gone. You need a balance of both, right? And when men are absent from that, the entire society, the homeostasis, the balance of society goes out of whack. Yeah, and you know what I think the left is really pushing today, Charlie, and all of the intelligentsia, it's really androgyny. I mean, their message to men is, don't be a man. Their message to women is, there's no such thing as womanhood. That's why biological men can now be women if they want to be. There's no such thing as gender. It's this androgynous consumerism. That's the message of the left. And to men, their message is, hey, just go down to your basement, mom and dad's basement, turn on a screen, enjoy yourself. Just just sit there, look at that screen, play some video games, watch some porn. You know, just, just be a good little consumer. Don't rock the boat. And what America needs is more men who want to rock the boat, who say, no, I'm going to turn that screen off. I'm going to go up. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to go out on a date. I'm going to ask a girl to get married. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to provide, and I'm going to stand up for myself and those I love. That's what this country needs. Yeah, and it's it's... The complaint I get from men, we have a men's summit at Turning Point USA, and it's doing unbelievably well. We have a waiting list for our next one. And, Senator, this is why I'm so excited about your book. Just to replug it again, Manhood, the Masculine Virtue America Needs, is the country's falling apart for a lot of different reasons. Young boys are not really demanded to grow up into a man. It's almost these grown infants, right? So you mentioned something interesting. You say some either biblical or historical figures. Tell us a couple of those. Teddy Roosevelt, maybe you talk about Moses, who I think is one of the great figures of the Bible, who was really a man's man in a lot of different ways. Who are some of the men of the Bible or of history you talk about in your book that we should try to emulate? Well, start, let's start first with, with the Bible. And, and Charlie, I make no apologies for the fact that I spend a lot of time talking about Bible stories in this book. Listen, the Bible has been the foundation of Western culture. It is truly the faith of our fathers. It has been the ancient faith of this nation and the bedrock of, of our system of government. So for all the haters out there like, oh, my gosh, he spends a whole book and tells a whole bunch of stories from the Bible. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And I apologize not yeah, at all. In fact, if you're offended by that, you probably should read the book. And more importantly, you should probably go read the Bible. But I would just let's let's pick one of those stories. Let's pick David. He's one of my absolute favorites, a, a king a warrior, you know, also a poet. I mean, you talk about a guy who really has it all. I mean, he shows the the, the masculine virtues. And I, I talk about him as a warrior. I talk about him as a king. I talk about him as a leader, as a priest, somebody who was in touch with the eternal, right, and brought a sense of the eternal everywhere he went. Also imperfect. You know, and that's part yeah. of the message to men is Matt nobody Sheba. expects perfection. Yeah. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't perfect. So it's not perfection that we're after as men, you know, we know that, hey, our lives aren't perfect. It's okay. It's not about being perfect. It's about being better. It's about being what you can be, who God has called you to be. And I hope that the stories that I tell are really about encouraging men to say, okay, how can I get better? How can I be better at my job? How can I be better as a husband? How can I be better as a father? Better is what we need. In Genesis 12, it sets up the entire narrative of the Old Testament because we have this guy, Abram, that out of nowhere, so we have... You know, we have creation, we have the fall, we have Cain and Abel, we have Noah, we have the flood, we then have the city of Babel, and all of a sudden history kind of starts in Genesis 12, where I think there's a lot of parallels where Abram, leave your father's home, man, go on an adventure. I think we need a little Abram, eventual Abraham energy in our culture. Don't you agree? 
Absolutely. And boy, you've got, you've nailed it, Charlie, in terms of just the, the, the story of the Bible there and how that's so significant, the call of Abram. And we need an, an Abram, Abraham generation, right? Yes. A generation of men who say, going to leave dad's house, going to get out of the basement, going to go on an adventure that is basically to go start a new world. What does God call Abraham to do? He says, Abraham, I'm going to change the destiny of the world through you. Come follow me. Leave what's safe. Leave what's known. Leave what you're comfortable with and go out to where I am leading you. Go start a family. He says to Abraham, go get married. Go, yes. go have a kid. Go start a family. Go do something that's wild and crazy, right? And go, go, go and, take a risk. And it doesn't and so always go well. I mean, Abram, yeah. Abram didn't act correctly when he went down to Egypt with Sarah. He had a lot of different opposition. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, probably rather tragic, you know, for him to wit you know, witness. But just walk us through the why you wrote this book. Because, you know, you're a senator. Usually when senators write books, there's, there's one of two books, right? Which is, I'm going to run for president book, and I just kind of regurgitate the same 25 stories of American history and with platitudes and the same chapter titles ghost written by the same very average Washington, D.C. book writing people. Or the second book is some sort of policy book, right? You know, here's something I care about, which was your other book and was super important, right? But you're doing something that's in a third category. You're going after third rail. You're going after a major issue that's going to irritate the press. Talk about why you as a senator, with everything you have going on, or deciding to write this book? Yeah, it's really easy, actually. I'm a father, and that's what prompted me to do it, Charlie. I've got three kids. Uh, you, you've met my kids, my boys. My two oldest are boys, and I've got a baby girl. So my boys are 10 and 8 now. And as my boys get to the age where I begin to think more and more about, okay, you know, how am I going to help them? How am I going to do my duty by them as a dad? How am I going to help them grow up to be the men that God called them to be, the men America needs them to be? That's what got me thinking about this book. And I just think about the young men who I, who I once upon a time taught back when I taught law for a while, when I, I think about the young men I had the privilege to meet all over Missouri and all over this country. And I've had young person after young, young man after young man say to me, man, I just feel like they're not great role models out there. So yes. I wrote the book to put forward what I think is, was once upon a time, our culture's vision and is still the Bible's vision of what a good, strong man is. And then we talk about it, that he should be a husband and a father and a builder and a warrior and a priest and a king. And I go through and I tell stories from the Bible. I tell stories from American history. I tell stories from my own life, people who were significant to me. And it's about putting forward that positive vision and calling men to be all that they can be, which is what this country needs them to be. Amen. And so let's get through some just uh, um, application, right? So do you think there's any legislative opportunity here or is this just more of a cultural fight well I, I do think that there are legislative applications for sure charlie and one of them is and i talk about this in the book look at the jobs that are available to men it used to be in this country you could get a blue collar job and you could support a family on it and you were proud of that now it's still true that 70 plus percent of men in this country do not have a four-year college education mm -hmm. and they shouldn't have to have one in order to get a good paying job. But the liberals in this country, and unfortunately a lot of Republicans too, have made it incredibly hard. We have sent those jobs overseas. We've sent almost 4 million of them to China. 
So you want to talk about application here. We need to bring back good paying blue collar jobs in this country so men can start a family, can support a family on one income and can do it by working with their hands, working at a trade, working at things that make them proud. And the elites in this country have made that almost impossible. So the number I'm going to approximate here, but American Compass did the numbers and Orrin Cass, but it's been proven through third party peer reviewed research in the 1980s. It was about 38 weeks a year to support a work a year to support a family of four, 38 weeks. Now it's 53 to 54. You might say, well, Charlie, there's not 53 or 54 weeks in a year. Exactly. That means you have to go into debt or Senator. This is where the left goes really nuts. The, the female, the wife is forced into the workforce. Now the ideal should be to be able to support the family that in critical developmental years, that the wife is not forced to go get another income, especially years from birth to 10 years old. Every piece of psychological literature shows that a present mother around for those times is irreplaceable. Senator, can you, a minute and a half, just riff on that a second. Yeah, ab absolutely right that what, what has happened, what the policy elites have given this country is a place where, it is, first of all, if you're a blue-collar worker, it's increasingly hard to get a job in a trade. Number two, it's hard to get a job that pays anything. Let me cite some more statistics. Since the year 2000, almost 4 million, 4 million blue-collar jobs have gone overseas to China. 60,000 we have lost in, in, in the state of Missouri, 60,000 just in the state of Missouri. So what do we need to do? We have got to get an economy that actually works for blue collar men, because that will be good for families, that will be good for yes. churches, that will be good for neighborhoods. And the left doesn't get this at all. And too many Republicans don't get it either. They talk about, oh, gains of trade and we all get richer. No, what's happened is the, the white collar workers sitting in their air conditioned offices in Wall Street, they've gotten richer. Blue collar workers have gotten poorer. And it's not just about That's money, cool. Charlie. It's about families. It's about kids. We've got to change Yeah, And it's that. about morale. The local school district sees a 20 yeah. percent decrease in tax revenues and the factory is closed and then opioids come in and suicides go up. And, the, and work is not everything. But again, remember, it says in the Ten Commandments, you shall work for six days and rest for one. It's actually a two part commandment. Working is commanded by God. So is rest. But all of a sudden you get rid of work. It destroys the morale and the purpose, especially for young men. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it and i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost 
Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.